Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, teaching influencers and entrepreneurs how to monetize and grow their businesses. This is episode 18 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today we're talking to Dustin W. Stout of Dustin.tv. I actually had the opportunity where I met Dustin about three years ago on Google+. We were both consistent users and we talked a little bit more about that. But today we're really honing in on how to build your list with lead magnets and content upgrades. And Dustin actually has put together a fabulous article where there is a content upgrade so that you can also be well on your way to building your list. Let's dive in. Okay, guys, I am here with Dustin W. Stout of Dustin TV. How are you, Dustin? I'm fantastic. How are you, Jenny? Very good. I'm so excited to catch up with you and to really dive more into your business. You and I um, pretty much kind of met, I think, first on Google Plus in the Google Plus days. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll talk a little bit. The good bit. old days. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about that. But can you kind of tell my audience a little bit about your business, where it has come, and any previous experiences that you feel have added to what you do now? Yeah, so uh, I got started in this whole internet weird world um, when I was a, a youth pastor uh, working at a church, and I I started blogging just because I wanted a place to put all my lessons that I was teaching on a weekly basis. I figured parents would want to know what I was teaching their children, right? Yes. Um, so I, I had a, I found a play a way to put them online, um, and then uh, we needed a website for the youth ministry, so I taught myself how to build a website. Um, and before too long, I just started my own personal blog just to really just write about anything. And that turned into me learning about social media because I had a real keen interest in that and um, started writing about social media and started writing less about uh, the other stuff. Um, long story short, I lost my job at the church because of um, uh, budget cuts and, uh, you know, it was a really hard financial time back when, uh, right around when the, um, uh, the real estate market crashed, you know, the economy was just tanking. So I lost my job. Uh, thankfully at that time I had started doing some freelancing, building other people's websites, doing some consulting in social media and my blog really started to take off. Um, and that's kind of how I started my entrepreneurial side of blogging and social media and web uh, design and development. And that led to uh, a partnership where I created a, a WordPress plugin. WordPress was sort of my uh, CMS of choice. And uh, we came up with a WordPress plugin that solved a big problem. And that was intelligent and fast loading social share buttons. Um, and yeah, that, that kind of took off. And to this day, we're, we're still breaking records month after month and uh, have over 10,000 users. Uh, I've now, you know, taken my blog very seriously, started to monetize it from a business standpoint, just, uh, you know, feeding into my community, finding ways to add value to them while making a living. 
And uh, I'm now in the process of starting two other businesses Isn't <laughs> because that the way? Uh, Dustin just can't stop. <laughs> the way that I describe it is it's like ping pong balls. You have one yeah. idea and it's like you're trying to grab all of them and do everything at the same time. I totally understand that yeah. feeling. But it's that and you also, it gives you that energy and you get excited. It's motivation. I totally get it. Absolutely. Yes. So I love that you started off kind of just a lot of us, I think, start off as hobby bloggers, not really knowing where it's going to take us. And then we find this world that yep. we dive into. And I think that's definitely where I found you was via social media because I found you on Google+. Plus. So mm-hmm. now what would you say is the toughest part about being an entrepreneur? For me, um, my personality type is I'm a bit OCD. I'm very detail-oriented and I have... Uh, a very specific picture when I when I have ideas, um, most of the time anyway. Sometimes it's more of a granular, big picture thing, but a lot of the times, like I see tiny details. I appreciate, you know, uh, craftsmanship and very fine details. And so, trying to delegate that stuff when you're OCD is very very difficult. So for me, um, even though you know at this point, Warfare Plugins has a team of people to do things. Um, my personal stuff is always very much handcrafted and very much I have to do all the work. So for me as an entrepreneur, the hardest part is getting all the things done because I, I it's just very difficult for me to delegate. Yes. See, now for me, it wasn't that I was OCD. It's just that I can't articulate how it is I want you to do something because I just do it. I just go and I don't think about it. So I totally (laughs) understand. I think creating a team has been the hardest part for me so far in my journey because I feel like I can't tell them exactly what I'll have my project manager ask me, well, how should, how do you want this done? And I'm like, well, I just go and I do it. I don't know how I want it done. I just do it. (laughs) She kind of looks at me like, "Uh uh-huh, but I'm not you. (laughs) Yeah. See, I'm, I I might be the opposite of that where, I, I feel like I'm fully capable of articulating, but it takes me so long to art, articulate it right. Okay. It's like I could have just done it in that amount of time. Right. <laughs> As an example, uh, right now I'm doing uh, performing a content audit on Dustin.tv. And what that entails is I have accumulated over the years over 385 blog posts that I've published and over 50 pages within WordPress. So there's well over 400 pages that I need to go through and audit and the, the, the process is very intricate. If you look, read any tutorials about how to perform a content audit and prune your content, you basically have to put every URL into a spreadsheet with all these data points, uh, you know, like meta tags, title length, uh, backlinks, social shares, word count. And then I have a number of other things that I have you know, sort of like a checklist of making sure that the post is optimized because a lot of these posts are years old when I first started blogging and are really low quality and they're tanking my site's SEO. Okay. So, um, what I, what I have done for this project is I've decided to delegate it. And so what I'm doing now is I have a, this little awesome tool called, um, Oh, what is it called? Loom. Have you heard of Loom? I haven't. No. So getloom.com, I think. Hold on. And what does it do? So Loom is a Chrome browser extension that allows you to quickly and super simply record your screen and your microphone and even from your camera if you want and just record quick little videos. So what I'm doing is going through one by one 
of like each task and explaining the spreadsheet, explaining what steps need to happen, explaining where to get this information. It's going to take me about five quick videos to explain this giant project. And I'm, I finally decided to go through Upwork and find a VA and hire someone to help me do it. But so that's, that's an example of how like I can articulate the things. It just takes me so long and it's so hard. And that's why I have such trouble delegating. (laughs) Well, that sounds like a project that would terrify me because when it comes to anything with content because that's the thing like I feel like I'm a dinosaur at this point because I've been around for almost seven years there's seven years worth of content (laughs) and some of it I look back and I'm like oh don't go look at that yeah I started professionally or seriously blogging in 2011 so I'm coming up on seven years yes um the the website is use loom U-S-E-L-O-O-M.com by the way Got it. Perfect. Thank you. I will make sure to put that in the show notes too, that people can go and find that Chrome extension. Great tool. I mean, for screen grab, I always had trouble finding a good screen capture software and because they're all too complicated and or expensive. Yes. Um, I didn't want to pay it. And this one's totally free for the moment. And it's so dead simple. Okay, perfect. Yes. No, because I do find that especially once you start growing a team, you need that ability to be able to do a quick tutorial on how to do something. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is great. All right. So I promised that I was going to ask this question because for me, um, we originally met on Google Plus. I was there mm-hmm. constantly. I think it was probably about three years ago now. Um, so what are your thoughts on Google Plus? Where do you think it's going? So many people, uh, as you know, from the beginning counted Google Plus out. It was always sort of the redheaded stepchild or red logoed stepchild of the social media world. Um, and, and I don't know, I still to this day don't know exactly why. Maybe it's because journalists just don't want another social platform, or maybe it's because the culture of Google Plus was much higher in intelligence and required more investment that they didn't want to, so they decided to knock it instead. But here's the state of Google Plus as far as I know it. I'm still relatively active there. Um, there's still a very... Uh, a relatively large audience there if you can find the niche. Um, you know, there's a very specific set of demographics there. Um, but I'm not super on it like I used to be. Uh, however, I, I do work part-time. Half of my day is spent working for a marketing firm owned by a couple friends of mine, and uh, they needed a, a director of marketing, so I decided to come on as their director of marketing part-time, um, as if I didn't have enough on my plate, right? Of course. Um, but their agency, uh, or our agency, Steady Demand, actually started as a, a Google Plus marketing agency. Okay. And so uh, nobody else is doing that. And so the, the team has been able to refine their, you know, their practices over the last, gosh, five years or so. Um, we have well over 200 clients at this point who are having us manage their Google Plus pages. And the reason we continue to do it is because the secret sauce that we have has proven that Google Plus for local businesses especially is an SEO gold mine. Okay. And people have kind of speculated this, like Google Plus helps your SEO, but we have, we have charts, we have reports, we have case study after case study that absolutely proves if you are a local business and you have an active Google Plus presence, with high quality content coming out regularly, your SEO is greatly impacted in the positive um, for 
for your business. And we have, uh, I don't know if you've heard of MozCon. Okay. I'm sure you've heard of, I'm pretty sure you heard of Moz. Yes. Well, they hold, they hold a conference every year and they just, uh, showcase one of our case studies. Um, and the, the SEO industry is finally recognizing the, the power, the undeniable, um, SEO power that Google plus has. So while I'm not as active anymore, I still encourage a lot of local businesses. If you have a local business presence, absolutely. You need to be on Google plus and spending some time daily creating high quality keyword targeted content that, uh, will undoubtedly help you in the, in the search engine results. So do you think this would work for, so I'm trying to think of my audience a little bit like online bloggers that talk about local events and local things of that nature, would their content be picked up for it? Okay. But not necessarily someone like myself who is not, I mean, I'm nationally at this point and it's all over the place as far as the content too, because it's a lifestyle site. So more brick and mortar local and also online business local. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, the more information you feed Google about your business, it's always better. Uh, and you have something like Google Plus, which is not part of your entity, your your website. Hopefully, you have a website, but it's associated with it in a way that uh, that page rank and that uh, you know that SEO juice is transferred over. And of course, all those connections, the people who do engage, even if it's not you know as many as you get on Instagram. Um, those people who are engaging are telling Google very specifically that they are connected to your entity, that they endorse your entity, and uh, you know that can only be positive for you in the uh, in the world of Google search. Okay, that's interesting. It's making me rethink some of the consulting and coaching side of things that I do now because that also is somewhat localized. So it would make sense for that aspect of it. Okay. Interesting. I like that. That, cause I often get asked that question about Google plus because my following over there is over 600,000 at this point and I'm not as active as I used to be. I mean, I was on there constantly three years ago, mm-hmm. all day long. It seemed like, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. But again, like you hear a lot of people say, well, go where your audience is as far as for social mm-hmm. media. So for me, my audience for the lifestyle site is more on, um, you know, Facebook or Pinterest or wherever they right. may be. But having that SEO juice for something that's local makes a lot of sense. Totally. So that's great. All right. So what is the thing that every single online business order should have and why? Oh, man, that's a that's a great question. So I think every online business owner should undoubtedly have oh gosh, there's a few things in my head. What's the one thing? Um uh, you know, what? I've kind of been on this uh, this bent lately about, um, having your own, there are two things, having your own website and having your own email list. Yes. Um, so I'm sure your audience is savvy enough to know that you need your own web property. Um, who, who do you typically speak to? Is it mostly bloggers? It's a lot of bloggers, a lot of influencers that may have a social media platform. Like for example, they look to monetize it. Um, it. so they may just have Instagram. So they haven't quite come over to the side of the website. So that's perfect for them. Perfect. Yes. Um, so I have a, I have a big heart for influencers in the space because, uh, you know, just, just like you, I kind of came up in the social media world. People started throwing the word influencer at me. I still don't believe it. Um, but you know, I've, 
I've lived through enough and I've profited so much from the value that I've, I've dedicated myself to over social media. And I've seen so many great stories, great influencers, amazing people build up their social following, build up their uh, presence on a platform, and all of a sudden, overnight, it's taken away. Um, the, the analogy that is, is often given is it's almost like you're, you're on rented land. So if your Facebook page is your primary web presence and you drive everybody there, Facebook, it takes them 20, um, overnight, they can change their algorithm and all of a sudden you can't reach any of your followers like you used to. Um, and I have a, a blog post about this uh, titled The Biggest Social Media Mistake and How to Avoid It. And in it, I tell the story of Crystal Payne. Crystal Payne had a multiple six-figure business all through so, uh, social Facebook, actually. Um, she had a Facebook page that was just going bonkers. Uh, she had some posts go viral. She was uh, selling products and had you know all these great things going on. She was making a great living off of it, and boom, one night Facebook changed an algorithm, and she was reaching less than one percent of her six-figure or uh, hundred thousand uh, member audience uh, overnight. Her business disappeared. I have another friend uh, for um, to protect the innocent. I'll call him Bob. Uh, Bob was uh, an influencer over on Google Plus, uh, had some great uh, connections, and then this thing called Blab came out. Blab was the, the brand new deal. It was the, you know, it was the new Hangouts on Air. It was live broadcast when live broadcast was actually becoming popular. And uh, as you probably know, Blab decided to shut its doors, and he had invested so much into creating a regular Blab show and started to drive an audience and all of a sudden, Blab says, we're closing up shop. Thanks for hanging out. And Bob's business was gone overnight. Right. Vine. I know so many people who yes. became Vine influencers. I know one guy who made $15,000 off of one Vine because Starbucks paid him to make it. Um, Vine's now being shut down. Right. So you have all these amazing influencers doing amazing things with amazing content and they're, they're putting all of their trust, all of their eggs, and putting their future in the hands of somebody else's decision-making. Yes. Their platform, their decisions. So my plea to these influencers is build yourself a website. Use so your social platform, your influence on social, to drive people to your own property where you can then add them to an email list. I mean, Jenny, you, you probably know this. It's so easy to get a website up and running today. It's not complicated. I can have one up and running in five minutes. Right. Um, just ready to go. And it looks beautiful. You know, buy a web hosting plan from Bluehost for, what, $60 a year? Right. Uh, get a WordPress install. It takes two minutes to do that. Install a free theme. And then add a free MailChimp form. Sign up for MailChimp. It's free for up to 2,000 subscribers. There's really no excuse. Get yourself a website. Drive people to it. Build your email list. And then use that to connect with your most uh, dedicated and um, uh, biggest fans. Yes. Um, because you control that. Nobody can take that away from you. Ever. 
and uh, you know there are so many influencers out there. If they if they knew that one thing, if they spent the 20 minutes to sign up for a hosting plan, install WordPress, and sign up for Mailchimp, that would have saved them tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in income. Yes. So don't make that mistake. Get a website and an email list. I totally agree. And I think too, I think when we talk about getting a website and you talk about your own URL, like it should be a WordPress site or it should be something where you own the URL. Because I think for like when I started, Blogspot was huge. So, and it was free Mm -hmm. and it was easy to go on there. But then not being, having to convert that over to WordPress was just such a nightmare and so confusing for someone that's not tech oriented that Mm -hmm. starting right off the bat on WordPress would have been so much easier. And I think the learning curve would have been much less if I had done it that way. Yeah. Now you talked a little bit, you mentioned a list. So I think that that is definitely one of the largest mistakes that I made was not building my list from the very get go. I mean, we were talking about seven years of blogging, I should have a ginormous list at this point. <laughs> and I don't because I didn't have different things in place that I should. So talk about a little bit more about a list and like, what do you put in place in order to have it set up so that it can grow and add value to your tribe more or less? Yeah. So this is, this is still along that same angle that I've been running on. And I just wrote a blog post about this as well. Like I, I'm the same way. I, I've had a blog, like I said, since 2011. Uh, it's been six years now. Uh, actually, yeah, it was six years in March. So I, uh, in this blog post I wrote, I talked about how we sort of have to grow through this process of figuring out what to do with an email list. You know, at the beginning, you're like, um, you know, you start out with just a form. You're like, okay, I signed up for MailChimp or, you know, some email platform. Yes. And I, I put the form there, get free updates. Like right. getting free updates from you is like this great deal, right? Like, <laughs> My mom like, was really now. excited about it though. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But then what happens is nobody signs up or like, you know, three people, including your mother sign up. Exactly. Um, but, so, you know, the next stage is then realizing, okay, we have to, to kind of offer them some incentive to sign up for that email list. And, um, you know, there's these concepts out there called lead magnets. Um, and a lead magnet is essentially giving something away in exchange for their email. For example, an ebook, a free ebook download, or a free um, downloadable icon set, or a free downloadable template, or whatever. Free downloadable thing in exchange for their email. And so that's a lead magnet. So we start to learn about lead magnets, you know, two, three years down the road after we've been giving free updates to people and nobody signing up right. and then start to get a little trickle of, of people. Um, so that's what I think stage one is, uh, or, you know, level one of growing your email list and something I kind of put off for a while because it seemed like a difficult thing to do. Um, really it was just like, you know, I, I didn't know where to start and, um, you know, the, the mental, the juice that it would take for me to figure that out was just greater than I had the time for. But had I made that time to create a, my first lead magnet, yeah, I mean, who knows where my list would have been today. That's exactly um, how I feel. And, you know, recently I kind of talked through some other stages, you know, lead magnets are sort of stage one and you'll get uh, an increase in, in email list instantly by creating some sort of a, you know, an offer. But more recently I've discovered the unbelievable power of this concept of content upgrades. Have you heard uh, content upgrade? Okay. So yes, you're, yes. 
familiar. The idea of a content upgrade, for those who don't know who are listening, it's a blog post specific giveaway. So let's say, for example, you're reading my blog post on you know, 15 things you can do today to boost your social media. Um, so you're reading through, and then in the middle of that post, I have a, a big box that says, by the way, download my free checklist of this post and take it with you to go. So it's like a PDF checklist. You're like, oh, well, I already, I'm already reading this, and this is a bonus. Sure, I'll have this. So you get their email in exchange for an upgrade to what they're already reading. And let me tell you, Jenny, I've, I've had several, maybe half a dozen evergreen blog posts that over the years have driven hundreds of thousands of visitors. Mm-hmm. And if I would have had a content upgrade on those blog posts, my email list would have easily been in the six figures at this point. Um, so when I figured out the, the idea of a content upgrade, I was, it was like, my mind leveled up, you know? So I started implementing this. And at this point now, I'm, I'm adding over a thousand people a month to my email list when previously, you know, I was, I was struggling to, to get, you know, a few hundred people a month, just a, a little over a year ago. Right. And, uh, so for, for those stepping into the world of email marketing and growing your email list, which I think is the most valuable asset you can build as a business owner, as a blogger, as a social media influencer. Um, Content upgrades are the way to go. Create blog posts, create social media posts that give a value and then offer just a little bit more value in exchange for people's email address. And uh, you'll have have a great big old list that uh, you don't know what to do with in no time. (laughs) Right. No, absolutely. And I think too, like we have a lot of food bloggers that kind of, that are part of my audience and they'll kind of look at me and go, but dad, how do I tie that in? And my thing is always, you can use part of what your lead magnet is sometimes as a content upgrade within your content, especially if you're a food blogger, where if you're giving your opt-in and your lead magnet is going to be how to half a recipe because you're making it for four, but you only want to make it for two. That could be part of your content upgrade that's right within that content underneath your recipe is how to half the recipe and sign up and you've got a new person on your list. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm actually taking a small group of bloggers through a, uh, an intensive email marketing, um, you know, sort of one-on-one uh, growth case study that I'm building. Okay. And um, one of the things I talk about is, you know, this idea of when you create a lead magnet, a lead magnet is supposed to be something you can use site-wide that's sort of, you know, gen- more generic yes. than a content upgrade. However, you'll, you, if you create them right, according to like a category of blog posts, you can actually make these uh, what I call contextual calls to action. Um, and that's just a lead magnet that fits into specific categories and you can use it over and over again in those specific categories. It works super well. Now, one of the things that I use to kind of move them a little bit further down that funnel to kind of get people to really get to know me a little bit better is I use challenges. Have you ever used a challenge before? Like a 10 day or five day? 
I, I have, but I've been hearing about it more and more, and uh, I've been investigating how some people do them. But I'd love to hear how you do. Yes. Um. Well, I have done like for the Jenny Monroe side of things, I've done like a ten day pitch perfect challenge that kind of walks them through how to create an initial pitch to send out to a brand by the end of the ten days. We also, so I also have the Monroe's family because of course you can't just do one site. Um. But <laughs> over there, we do a meal planning challenge, and the big thing about the challenges is that you want it to be in line with what your possible product is going to be. Or if you have a product, it absolutely should be aligned to it. So that right. you're in the challenge, not only are they opening your email consecutively, they get used to opening emails from you mm-hmm. and they get to know you better, but it also creates that sense of trust within you with that relationship. And then it shows them that the next step should be to purchase because here's this challenge. We've started you too. Well, now you have an initial pitch, but what do you do with after they reply back to you? Well, you need the working with brands e-course. That's what I do. Like it shows them how it makes sense to go from being able to do the basics to then be able to go into greater depth and really making it a skill that they can be that becomes theirs. Absolutely. That's a brilliant idea. Yes. So we actually, um, one of the things that some of my audience has gone through is I have a challenge that teaches them how to create a challenge um, (laughs) for their their own site and their own content because it is. It needs to be aligned so that it makes sense for your audience to be able to have that interaction and understand. Totally. Yep. No. So where would you recommend um, to promote an opt-in outside of a content upgrade. Is there anywhere else like on social media that you feel like it works to be able to promote it, to get new eyeballs on it and hopefully over it? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a big fan of utilizing your social channels to grow your email list. Um, Up until recently, I think Twitter is killing it soon, which makes me so sad. But Twitter used to have these things called um, lead cards. So it was this special thing. As long as you have an advertiser account, you can do this. You could actually create a one-click opt-in on Twitter to your list. And uh, it, was, it was so brilliant. The first time I saw it was a couple years ago, Gary Vaynerchuk did it. Okay. Um, so basically, it's it's just in, uh, just like a, a Twitter card, a rich snippet card. You've got an image, title, brief description, and an action button. And just the tweet, you write whatever you want. Like, opt into my list and get a free downloadable thing. Okay. Um, and then and it went right to the form or did it go over to the website? No, that was the brilliant thing. You just click the button as a Twitter user and you're in. That's it. You didn't have so to what happens, your email. Oh my god. No. Goodness. So Twitter sends your info from your Twitter account, um, you know, totally behind the scenes to the email list that's hooked up already to that card. So it was the brilliant one-click opt-in on Twitter and they're killing it, which is totally ruining my life at this point. Oh, no. And now I'm really upset that you're telling me about this now. I, I wish we'd done this interview your a life year ago. <laughs> They're getting oh rid of it, goodness. but I, I trust that there will be enough backlash uh, or I, I know Twitter's not dumb, even though they do dumb things sometimes. Um, but the other networks are picking up on this. Facebook is working on uh, something similar. Um, I forget what they call them. Uh, they, they call them something, but they're working on them, okay. um, this ability to sort of opt in on Facebook without leaving Facebook. Um, and then Pinterest, uh, they don't have it yet, but they are moving in the direction of like, you know, that sort of opt in, uh, buy. They have buyable pins that they're beta testing right now. Yes. Um, so 
Absolutely. I mean, these tools will help. But in the meantime, if you don't have those or you're not in the beta program or you know you don't have that skill set yet to dive into that, just simply using a social post to give a link. I mean, you give links to content all the time, right? So right. Um, I would say 100% use the social platform to offer whatever value you would offer in the form of a lead magnet or content upgrade right there on social media. Um, and the one tip I would have, though, is understand your audience on that platform. Uh, the biggest mistake I think people made or the reason they were unsuccessful on Google Plus is they tried to treat Google Plus like Facebook or Twitter when it's a completely different audience. Um, most social media influencers know this. They know how to speak to their audience. But, you know, it's worth stating that if you're on Instagram, create a, a attractive um, opt-in offer or email marketing offer that speaks in their language, right? Um, that speak, that gives them some sort of a value where they're at. Don't make it sound like an ad, uh, you know, put their interests first. And I think you can have a lot of uh, success with that as long as you're um, doing it uh, in a way that's not betraying your audience's trust. That's, that's truly putting their value, um, value for them first, rather than just saying, sign up for my email list because I want email subscribers. Right. You got to provide them with that value in the words that you're using for that promotion. Absolutely. Um, now, kind of going a little bit sideways here, do you, what email service provider did you use? You mentioned MailChimp because that was your free option when you're first starting out. Right. What do you use now? Currently, uh, just uh, last month, yeah, last month, I finally made the switch to ConvertKit. I, I've been so excited to make that move, but I, because I've been on MailChimp for five years, and that's okay. where I started. It was free, um, but, you know, it, I, I only recommend two at this point. It's either MailChimp or ConvertKit, and I wish I had started ConvertKit earlier because there's no free, and I would, would have been forced to, uh, to kind of make something out of it rather than just let it sit there. Right. Um, but I, I, I put a goal for myself. I have to hit 10,000 subscribers before I migrate over to ConvertKit because they have a concierge migration service at 10,000 subscribers. So right. I did that, and gosh, Jenny – convert kid is like seeing the light it's crazy <laughs> all that it we actually there's a podcast episode on here um with cynthia rosenkovich where we talked about actually organizing it because i think that was the because before you didn't really i mean at least i didn't um you know segment or tag or any of that right. kind of stuff like they were all bundled together i couldn't speak to what they were coming to me for especially over at the melrose family where it's like parenting food essential oils, you had no idea who was coming for what. So right. that for us, when we actually converted over, we started to give opt-ins to try to figure out where to tag them so that it was a little bit mm -hmm. more organized. But it is, it's crazy all that it can do. I love ConvertKit. I'm a huge, yeah, huge fan. Yeah, it's the best. Makes it so easy. And I was, I was segmenting a little bit over on MailChimp, but okay. they make it so difficult. It's so challenging and creating sequences yes. that are specific to that segment are, I mean, it's it's just a nightmare yes. on MailChimp. I love those little chimps. Don't get me wrong. I love those guys. <laughs> yes. But for somebody who's a little bit more advanced in what they want to do with an email list, yes. ConvertKit is so much better. Yes, because it, it just gives you the ability to be able to see your sales funnel right there based upon your tax. Oh, Based yeah. upon the actions that they've taken, you can literally see, okay, where are they in the sales funnel? Where do we need to get them to? Yes. Right. 
it does make a huge difference. Now, with that being said, if you are just starting off, like you said, MailChimp is a great option. Um, and if your business is doesn't have a ton of products or doesn't have it's very niche specific, then you'd be good with something like that. But it is once you start getting totally. into multiple products and services, it just you need something and ConvertKit definitely fills that. Now, Absolutely. what about do you use lead pages at all? I do not. I'm actually okay. pretty opposed to okay, interesting. <laughs> tools like lead pages. Okay. Um, and truth be told, I'm one of the businesses I, I'm starting, um, I said at the beginning, is uh, not necessarily a lead page uh, competitor, um, but it's meant to stop people from having to use lead pages or, or tools like it. See, I don't like this idea. Again, going back to putting something on someone else's property um, even though technically you can put your own URL onto a lead pages page, you're still sending someone offsite and they're still hosting your content. And so you're not getting the SEO value. You're not getting the traffic value. You're not getting the control of that entity. So if, if lead pages goes belly up tomorrow, uh, you never know this happens in the tech world, right? Um, you're then forced to find a way to export all that over to your site or, you know, that, that massive headache of how do I get, how do I save my content? Right. Um, so I'm, I'm creating a product, um, that is twofold. It's meant to make content upgrades and lead magnets super easy to create, like stupid easy to create. Um, but also be able to host those landing pages on your own WordPress install. Um, so lead pages is great. You can create pretty pages, but like something about that, betrays my my need to have control over everything right no um, that makes total sense i think with the state of page builders in wordpress i i just don't see a need for for lead pages anymore i mean it's super easy and i as a designer again i understand the the need to have things look good but i've sold thousands of dollars worth of courses and products on a plain blank wordpress page with just a few images so right that's kind of where I'm at on that. No. I know people have different opinions, but uh, um, you know, I like simplicity. Right. Now, can you tell us what your product is? I'm very curious, of course. I can. So it's called Content Magnets. Okay. And you can go to contentmagnets.com. We are currently accepting uh, beta testers um, or at least building our list of beta testers, those who are interested in creating lead magnets and opt-ins or content upgrades um, from within WordPress. So we have that list being built right now. The product is still in development. We're looking at maybe 60 to 90 days of actually getting a workable product. And we actually have something very special planned with, um, I don't know if you've heard of Brian um, Brian Harris of Video Fruit. Yes. Um, so him and I are doing a webinar together, and that will be one of the first official launches uh, of content magnets to the general public. Um, so I'm very excited about that. That's in June. Very good. That's awesome. Well, that should be great. Very good. All right. So tell me um, projections. Projections for 2017. Where do you see things going? Social media, list-wise, where, where do you see it all going to? So I see um, in 2017, I mean, video has always been huge. And over the last year, it's gotten even more huger. Uh, <laughs> But, um, you know, I really see, I really see video as being a, a huge forefront in the social media trends. 
Um, it's so much easier now to just create an on-the-fly video. I mean, every platform is doing live video at this point. Um, and me personally, I'm going to be putting a heavy emphasis into YouTube because despite you know all these other networks popping up, Facebook doing video, Twitter, Instagram, I still know for sure that YouTube is the, the video titan. And um, so I'm going to be putting heavy emphasis on creating YouTube video content. Uh, and I've encouraged a lot of other bloggers to do the same. Um, but yeah, I mean, video, uh, pull up your phone, snap a video instead of typing it out, just say it on video. I think that's a huge trend. Um, and as far as building your email list, I mean, again, like there aren't going to be as many people talking about it because it's, it's sort of the next step, uh, up in the, you know, the influencer strategy, if you will. Um, you know, I, one of my life, um, philosophies, I guess you can say is, uh, you don't have, you don't have to be a hundred times better than the next guy or the next girl. You just have to go three steps further, two steps further, one step further. When you hit the finish line, it only takes leaning in a little bit right. to, to win the race. And so for me, that's what an email list is. It's just taking that one extra step to build that audience, to own that audience, and to cultivate the, uh, you know, the relationships and the fandom and you know, the, the power of, of that list. So I think video is, is the biggest trend, but the only way you're going to get ahead of everyone else is by growing that email list so that every time you have a new video, every time you have a new social media post, every time you have a new blog post, you send an email out to those people who have said, I want to hear about everything you do. Right. And that's where you'll find the most success. I love that. That is great. Thank you, Dustin. This has been great. It's been so good to catch up with you. I feel like we hadn't talked in so long and this is just fabulous. Thank you so much for taking the time to well, thank talk you. to me and speak to my audience. Well, there you have it, guys. I hope you have learned a ton of information about how to go about building your list and how important it truly is in order to continue to grow and have that relationship with your audience, especially if you're looking to launch a product. So I hope that you guys will definitely subscribe to Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast. We love it when you guys leave reviews. And also be sure that you're a member of our Facebook community. You can find it if you go to JennyMelrose.com in the top right-hand corner. It says community. Click through and you'll be able to request access to the group. Also be sure that you are keeping an eye out and being part of our challenge builder because the challenge builder is actually going to walk you through how to create a challenge just for your audience because our product launch is coming soon. All right, I'll talk to you guys all soon. 